Rub. What's up, Scott? Do you like movies? Love movies. Hey, Marcus. Yes. Do you like movies? Yes, I do. This is Zebras in America, a wonderful podcast about decoupage, uh, eating eggs, Schweppes, ginger ale, which ones we like, you know, diet or regular. I, I really like the, the piquant, tannic nature of the grape ginger ale. And today we are, we are brought here with a wonderful guest, a first-time zebra representative, uh, Roberto Bartholomew Cato Fourteenth. It is nice to have you, sir. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. It's, a, it's an honor to be here. Your real name is Rob Cotto. Well, my real name is Roberto Cotto. I figured that much. Yeah. I added yeah. some other things. Yeah, no, the Bartholomew, though, <laughs> I'm going to adapt. That's uh, yeah, solid. We call, you, call you RBC. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the RBC. The, the RBC and the his out. Uh, yeah. We're, we're recording live from, not live, but... Uh, we're, we're recording from the basement in St. Albans, Queens, the basement bar in uh, Marcus's childhood home in the place yes. where he lives now. Correct. Um, and we're having a great time. There's a lot of Schweppes bottles. Uh, just having a, just really, you know, just oh, lovely. Damn, yeah, yeah. yeah. Product little, placement. Product placement. Uh, Zebras in America is brought to you by Fandor, Schweppes, and Shudder. You like scary movies? We got you. You like scary movies that are not necessarily scary, but they're just more like commentary about the world using French actors and blood. We got you too. Shudder. See, that's what you could have, Shudder, <clears throat> if you would give us some money. There's uh, there's some good scary movies coming out. Uh, I saw the tra- I saw a bunch of trailers when I went to go see Thoroughbreds yesterday, and there's this movie coming out called Truth or Dare, and it's totally, Dare. it's totally like, all right, people in their early twenties don't know what Final Destination is, so we're going to make a new thing and just rip it off. And I can't wait to see it. It's literally like these people, they go to Mexico, something happens, and they cheat death, and they come back to America, and one by one they get killed, which is Final Destination. Yes. And they think people won't know. But I'm looking forward to seeing it. And also, Fandor. I was going to do a little Fandor. Mm-hmm. Oh, you like films from Thailand? We got you. You like animated films from Africa? We got you. Fandor, that could be y'all. Y'all could just give us some money, and we can get you. Schweppes, it's great. See, that could be you. Give us some money. We just want a little bit so we can make some T-shirts, make some hats, make my own special mix of cookies, zebra cookies. Spoiler alert: they're black and white. Nice, like the makeup of this show right now. Yeah, this show. This show's got the yeah. This show is a a black and white show. Yes. Um, I just, yeah, there's another horror movie coming out with the dude from The Office. Yeah, that played also. Like, it's where people have to be quiet. Yeah, don't make a noise. I already, I can't imagine the pieces that are going to be written about, um, Emily, it's Emily M- Blunt. Blunt's scene, because in the, tra- I'm not giving anything away, but, like, she gives birth in a bathtub, but she has to be quiet, because then the monsters are going to get her, so I, I can only imagine... Is this the thing that played at South by Southwest yesterday, or the day before? Or... Oh, is it? Oh, maybe. What's it called? It's Alone. called Don't Make a Sound. Don't Make a Sound. No, I don't Something know. like that, sound, yeah. I don't know. But uh, it John, looks like a fun movie. John Krasluski's, whatever his name's, sec- second directorial debut after oh. interviews with brief, hide- brief interviews with Hideous Men... Based off of the book by the guy who wrote Infinite Jest. That was an interesting movie. 
Like, I didn't like it, but I also didn't hate it. You know, no, there were inter- some things. You know what's interesting? What's that? That you're into wrestling? Yeah, that's true, also. Yeah. Speaking of, is a... By the time you're hearing this, I would have already watched it. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to watch wrestling tonight. Hoping Undertaker comes back. Challenges John Cena to make WrestleMania a little more worthwhile. And that Undertaker doesn't die. Yeah. So, do, you, are you, do you hope that there's girls kicking girls hard? Yes. Speaking of, by the time you hear this, you'll still have chances. You still have a chance to get tickets to the Alamo on Thursday. Because I'll be talking about girls kicking girls hard. Literally, uh, for Kevin Geeks out, uh, women's wrestling. So that should be uh, so. That's cool. And if and if you're and if you're like a millennium, millennial soy baby and don't know what we're referencing, that's an SNL sketch from Bill Pullman in the nineties. It is. Yeah, it might yeah. offend some of you. So sorry in advance. Uh, dude, we're you know it. It just <laughs> means that we're doing better. Also, we like decided to do something that we should have done a long time ago. We have our own Twitter page now. Oh yeah, right, right. At Zebras Pod. Yes, because Simple. someone uh, took Zebras in America, so I'm. It would be really nice for you to give that to us. Yeah, or we're uh, just give, gonna start Twitter beef. Yeah, you know, I don't really believe in bullying, but you know, so yeah, Robert, Scott. Tell us a little bit about yourself, player. Well, um, this is my second, my second podcast. I mean, I've been on. Oh right, that, yeah. Oh, this is right. my second more. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that would be the right way to say it, right? Yeah. The second, yeah. So this is the second podcast that I've appeared on. Um, I'm just a, you know a New Yorker who loves who loves the cinema. Yeah. Wait, are you a New Yorker? Absolutely, man. I pay city taxes. Of course, oh. I'm a New Yorker. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> you know? Okay. No, but no, I've lived here 17 years. I grew up right, in right. Um, in Connecticut. That's what I was getting at. I'm all about repping the hometown, so that's why I asked. New, you know. new, new Yorkers listening to show to this show is Rob a New Yorker? Discuss. Yeah, no, because Rob, that that would make me because I'm 36. I've lived in New York City for you were, 26 you years born, of you my were 36. Born in St. Albans, Queens. Yeah. So what does that make me? It means you're a New Yorker. I don't want to be though. Then what are you doing here? Get the fuck out. Yeah. Okay. I'd, See, I want to be here. That's low-key my plan, so I'm not even insulted. But I'm sorry, Rob. Well, no, no, but I, mean, but I mean, you were born and raised here. I mean, yeah. What, were you, were you, what part of Brooklyn were you born? I was born and raised in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn. Okay. But now, as someone who, I mean, I went to St. John's University, and I never left. So you're Queens representing you're still in St. John's University. No, 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 no. When I moved here, when I was eighteen, I moved here to go to school at St. John's. Actually, I'm representing St. John's today because I knew I was going to be, I was nice. going to be here. Um, Do you know this isn't a video podcast? No, I know, but I was just showing you guys. Yeah, no, yeah. yes, I'm wearing. I'm wearing a, a St. John's T-shirt for everyone who can't say, but I guess you could have gathered that. Um, but how, no, how many St. Johns are there? There's the one in Jamaica. There, I was going to say there's St. John the Evangelical. Oh, I thought we were talking about the university. Yeah, there's, there's isn't that where Chris Mullen went to school? St. John's University is where, yeah. yeah, and he's where he currently coaches. He's the coach of the, the oh, team currently. That. Yeah, I remember as a kid the first time I heard Chris Mullen talk, I was like, oh wait, what? It's very uh. St. John the Baptist? Yeah. St. John the Evangelical? Yeah, you said that already. So there's at least two. There's at least two. What religion were you raised? Catholic. Catholic. Roman Catholic, yeah. What's your favorite saint? Well, St. John. (laughs) Which which one? 
the, the no, I, I don't have a, I don't think I have a favorite saint. I don't, mm. I don't know. I've never been asked that question. I've never had to really, really think about it. I guess that makes me a, a bad Catholic. I like Godric. Godric is a saint. I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, he was just like a dude that was kind of lost his mind. He was cool. Uh, I like Saint. <laughs> I like Saint Anthony because helps, yeah, helps, helps you find things. Helps, helps me find things. Um, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, it's a little yeah, little, reli- yeah, little, little re- religion corner. Do you believe in God? Sure, I believe in God. Yeah. Do I believe in the church? Well, that's a different story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, but uh, not that I don't. No. But, you know, it, it it has its moments. What about you? Do you believe in God, Marcus? I don't. I think there's some kind of a higher power. That's all. That that's all I know. I can't get. I don't know any more details than that. But yeah, sure. I've always had this thought about, <clears throat> you know, questioning my faith and 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 being like, oh, I believe. Oh, I don't believe. Oh, I believe. I don't believe. And then you know, you go, you die, and you, you go to heaven, and and it turns out to all be true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't believe more. But now you're supposed to forgive me yeah. <laughs> because I said that I'm sorry. Yeah. So can I let me? I mean, I you know, I, I hope. Yeah. So at the end of the day. So speaking of Catholics, mm. we decided to, or like people who have weird, interesting relationships, I imagine, to Christianity, we, for ten, for this week's episode, we asked you to watch the film Get Well Soon. Yes, yes, you did. Starring Vincent Gallo and Courtney Cox. <clears throat> and there's some other people in that too. Yeah, there's, there's some there's other people. Jeffrey people. Tambor, who's Jeffrey in the news lately. Well, that's For a it. couple of things. Death of Stalin, I hear that's pretty funny. Yeah. I'm trying to keep it positive. No, right. But it's yeah. funny how the character that he played in Get Well Soon is kind of reminiscent of this whole <coughs> oh, no. Me Too movie. Yeah, though. I didn't even think about that. But also, it's interesting because I like that movie, Get Well Soon. Get Well Soon, Vincent Gallo plays like a nighttime TV host. Mm-hmm. And Jeffrey Tambor is his agent. Which clearly must remind you of another show. Yeah. Larry Sanders show. Totally. Yes. It was like, obviously. Yeah, it was so obvious. Yeah. I mean, because also Tambor was in. Well, right. The Larry Sanders show. Um, also, what's funny is Get Well Soon does not have a Wikipedia page. No, it does not. Huh. Um, and the blurb for the movie is, after having a nervous breakdown, a popular <clears throat> talk show host confronts his ex-girlfriend who is dating a crossdresser. That's not true. That's not fully that's, true. That's yeah, not, that's not what the movie. I would the cross dressing. That's not. But he but does. Not, he has like the, an. It's not. I don't know about a nervous breakdown, but he has like an existential crisis that isn't all crazy or whatever. He just has like, he goes off. You know, he kind of goes off a little bit live on air because he's and, still in love with his ex girlfriend. And he he and his ex girlfriend is not dating a cross dresser. Yeah, his ex girlfriend is dating someone who's closeted. Yes. Who's gay. Yes. Not does Which not dress weird, like a woman. Yeah, yeah. That's just weird. Yeah. And there's a strange like uh subplot of her brother is in a mental institution mm-hmm. and they they're they're trying to kidnap Sarah Jessica Parker's dog. Yeah. Oh right. The, oh damn, I forgot about that <laughs> so whole angle. Jesus. And, yeah. and and Courtney Cox's mother is is practicing to be a homeless person. Yes. I'll and played by Anne Mara. Ben Stiller's mom. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of folks in that. Matt Malloy, the great underrated 
indie movie icon Matt Malloy. He's yeah. in that because he's in every movie there is. And also Alina Lowenson is, yes. is dope. Who, and she was in Faye Grimm. Well, she's a Hal Hartley regular. She's in lots of Hal Hartley movies. I'm saying she, but she was really lovely in this one mm-hmm. yeah. for no reason. There are these little side stories, little side plots mm-hmm. about, uh, uh, you know, and the the director, Justin McCarthy, he is the brother of Andrew McCarthy from the Brat Pack. <clears throat> nice. Oh, I didn't know that. Weekend at Bernie's. Nice. Yeah, Weekend at Bernie's. Weekend at Bernie's and, and the, the, the really fucked up sequel, Weekend at Bernie's 2. So make fun oh the voodoo of, make fun thing? of voodoo and the culture of an yeah. entire island I but went to the theater to see that as a kid and like the second one yeah I saw the first one yeah. in the theater yeah. I remember my I was there at my dad and we left yeah. <laughs> we didn't find funny at all I remember we just oh left. the first weekend of, yeah. oh I love the first weekend of, the fir- of Bernie's I grew to like it more yeah. like it was an HBO you know the regular. evil the evil little kid who like sticks the middle finger up is funny the guy the hitman who's slowly going crazy because he keeps thinking, wait, I killed Bernie, but he's still alive. That's very funny. Yeah, the second, the, the first one was funny. The second one was just like, there were weird revelations. Like, the main character is a virgin. He's like, I'm a virgin, guys. They're like, what? And there's like, strange, like, making fun of voodoo. There's there's a soca dance called Do the Bernie, which is a little funny. Mm-hmm. That there's, that, I that, vaguely remember. I don't really Because yeah, he like, I didn't see it. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's not a video podcast. It's, you know, <laughs> we'll have to make a gif. Yeah, no, we totally make a gif on that. Yeah. What's your take on gifs? I'm okay. I, I actually send markets quite a few gifs yeah, lately. He does. He does. He does. <laughs> uh, what? And it, that's that. And that's that. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on Get Well Soon? I really enjoyed it. I um, I didn't know what to expect. From watching it, because I, I, I'd always had the image of, you know, the, the video art in my head, and I just thought that it was going to be just some, you know, creepy Vincent Gallo movie with Well, Courtney the stock Cox image they use of Courtney Cox isn't even from the movie, like on the, on the right. box cover. It's like just some random, like, image of Courtney Cox. There's nothing to do you with You know, so I, I really <laughs> didn't, I, and then I didn't read anything going into it. I was just like, you know what, Scott told me I had to watch this movie in order to be on the show, so I'm just going to watch it. And I just really, li- I liked it. I laughed. Yeah. I dug, um... I dug, you know, there's little jokes here, here and there that that if you pick up on, it's really funny. Like I really, I really got a nice laugh out of the fact that Courtney Cox is wearing a Bruce Springsteen shirt through, yeah. you know, the movie. All right, you know, which uh. and then not only a Bruce Springsteen shirt, but such an iconic Springsteen image, and second to it's the image of the Born to Run album cover. But I mean, I think that most people think of. Two things when they think of iconic Springsteen images, it's that, and then it's her, <laughs> you yeah. know, pull, him pulling doing, her up on the stage, doing the Carlton dance, doing the Carlton well, dance before and, Carlton yeah, did it, but still, yeah, Carlton ganked it from Springsteen. Yeah, yeah, directed by Brian De Palma. Yes, rest in peace. Yeah. No, damn. No, he's I was alive. thinking of Demi for some reason because I had Springsteen, Philadelphia. Never mind. No, yeah, Brian, live no, long and prosper, man, Brian De Palma. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's all let's give you. You let's give you your flowers where you can smell them. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, we love Brian De Palma, right? I love. He's the highlight of going to the Toronto Film Festival is even when he doesn't have a movie playing, he goes there just like any other person, movies. walking around his fisherman's jacket, just 
checking out movies and that's i love that because he just as a filmmaker who just loves movies like you'll see him he'll be checking out andrea arnold's new movie or like a new adam mcgoyan or just whatever's playing he really does like movies i'm sure they hook i mean i can't imagine him buying a pat like a press pass or i'm sure he gets hooked up but i do like that that he just comes to another country just to hang out watch movies so if you're into if you're you know life can be so painful so if you find things that you enjoy you should enjoy them. Yeah. Going to movies, playing games, reading books, shooting heroin into your butt cracks. Just like whatever you got to do. <laughs> Eating a couple okay. like sheets of cake. Seeing a whole sheet cake. You know what I mean? Just like, uh, you know. I would like to have sheet cake. Yeah. Yeah. But like a whole thing of yeah. sheet cake. Yeah. I'd like to have a Pizza Hut stuffed crust. Yeah. I mean, now that, I I've, hold off. now that I've had some of that with you recently... I'm like, oh shit, that's actually pretty good. Because it it, it's like a piece of pizza with a blintz at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With the ground beef and pepperoni, extra cheese. Ugh. That's how you do it. It's good. Oh yeah, you're. Uh, I feel like you're. Uh, you're yeah. No. I had Pizzeria Uno last night too, which is in delicious. Astoria. Yes. Yeah, because we were right. By, oh yeah, duh. Yeah, we were right by, by Moving Image. Yeah. Because that's where you went and saw. So I went to go see Thoroughbreds at the UA Kaufman. And yeah, no, it's great We theater. were getting in the car and we were just like... The UA Kaufman? Well, for a, for a run-of-the-mill, yeah. you know, multiplex, yeah. And it has a parking lot, too. And it has so. a parking lot. No, I, I've, yeah. I've been there many times. Yeah, yeah. seats are comfortable yeah. and... We weren't sure. Like, we were getting in the car and she goes... It's clean. I, I kind of want Pizzeria Uno's. And I was like... So I just... Took the keys out of the guy. He's like, "What? Let's go!" And then I love yeah. pizza. I, yeah, it's, I it's like good. pizzeria. The those. shit. Yes. I no, also, no, no, I, also like, I like the soup they have. I've mm-hmm. never had that before. It's what? delicious. They you can get unlimited tomato soup. I love tomato soup. Oh, I didn't know that. Now yes. I have an excuse to go back. Yeah, you gotta pay attention, man. I mean, moving image. I have a membership there which I haven't used since January. Me neither. So I gotta. I renewed mine, and there's been nothing that I've wanted to see. That so, too. You know, one of the reasons I wanted you to watch Get Well Soon was we were also talking about talking about Buffalo 66, and I just felt like, you know, we're a podcast that likes to shed the light on on things that people might not have seen, you know. And it was something that I certainly hadn't seen. A lot of people have seen Buffalo 66. A lot of people consider it to be a masterpiece. Yes. Um, Yeah. I I have a hot take. Um, I like the Brown Bunny more. I respect that. But I think the uh, Buffalo 66 is a beautiful movie that I tried to rewatch this morning, but I didn't have a chance to. What are your thoughts about VG Allo? In general, I think VG Allo is... I mean, for Buffalo 66, I mean, in particular, I mean, it was it was kind of visionary the first time that I saw it. And not even the first time I saw that. The first time I saw the trailer... To Buffalo 66, which might yeah. be one of my all-time... No, might be one of my all-time uh, favorite trailers. Yeah. You know, cut to the Yes tune, uh, Hard Sunrise. Yeah. So do, you, I, do you like Yes? Yes, I do. I like Yes as well. Yeah, no. I like I, that specific song used in Buffalo 66, too. Hard of the Sunrise. Well, and then the, the, and then the Yes song that also ends the film, yeah. Sweetness, yes. is another great song. Great ending. Yeah, no, great, great ending. Um, I, yeah, I did want to say too. I think there's some about Buffalo '66, and this is personal experience. Everyone I talk talk to who's seen Buffalo '66, that's the standard that they hold every Vincent Gallo movie. I mean, he's only he's directed three movies. He's not he is not gonna he says he's never gonna show the third movie he directed, 
but movies the he's water in. Or whatever. Yes, yeah, something promises written on water. Um, it was a combination of like he screened it at Toronto, like a close screening. It didn't do well, and then his friend, you know, the late Sage Stallone passed away. So it was a combination of those two things kind of got to him. And he's like, I'm I'm not showing this movie. Um, but like when it comes to like say the Brown Bunny or just other things that get well soon, even though he didn't direct it, just think where he's the star or like prominent in people compare Buffalo '66. To everything, and I, I find that, and I and like when Brown Bunny came out, I I'd have to tell people, because on the surface it, there's a similar, but at the same time they're not similar, and I'm like don't expect I I would tell people don't expect Buffalo '66, don't expect Buffalo '66, and I think that that that's a testament that says something about the movie how good it is, but at the same time Vincent Gallo is a low key Renaissance man. He used to write for Vice back in the day, which makes sense. He's a recording he was, artist. He was in a band with Basquiat. Band with Basquiat. He was in a band with Lucas Haas. Called he, Bunny that people kind of forgot about. Um, yeah, he, he releases was, good he was, music. He was on um, Graffiti Rock as Prince Vince. He was in, yes. That's in the eighties. He yeah. was he was a b boy. He's a, he's got a lot of stuff. He's lived a lot of lives. He put out more than one record on Warp Records. Yeah. Um. I you know and funnily enough we talked about some of this on episode four which was never released. Mm-hmm. Talked about a bunch of this. Yeah. Um. It's in maybe, that computer somewhere. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he hasn't done a lot of movies. He hasn't done a movie in like five or six years. There was that movie where he, his version of Rambo, First Blood, that was interesting. Oh, Jer- oh, the Jersey Scott, great Jersey Skalamoski. Uh, yeah, Essential Killing. I, I got to throw this out there because it's very random. So for people who don't know, the very first Avengers movie where they're doing the quick, hey, this is where everybody's at at the beginning. The guy who's about to kill Black Widow. That's Jerzy Skalomowski, for those that don't know, the famous Polish filmmaker. He wrote uh, Knife in the Water, uh, Polanski's first film. Um, he's a very talented, famous Polish director, but then he randomly shows up as, like, Naomi Watts' uncle in, you know, uh, Eastern Promises or, like, this mob boss guy in, in, in The Avengers. But, yeah. So, for a lot of you don't even... A lot, I imagine the typical Avengers crowd have no idea who, Jersey, who who they're looking at when they see that movie. So Have you seen Essential Killing? No, it's great. No, it's interesting. I think it's great. It's just a true story about true survival. They don't even get into if Vincent Gall- Vincent Gall- it's fifty fifty. He could literally be a terrorist who did bad things, or he could be just someone who didn't do anything. It's just about survival. It doesn't matter if he's a good guy or a bad guy. It's like like what you do, how far you go to live, basically, and survive. If, if First Blood was made. Twenty years later, with Vincent Gallo. This is what it would be. Yes, there you yeah, go. that's what it would be. Also, my friend has been posting these. You ever seen these re-edited Mentos commercials? So, no. There's this re-edited Mentos commercial of uh, of of First Blood. <laughs> it sounds so funny. It's fucking yeah, it's fucking hilarious. Oh wow! I'll show it to you later. What I liked about the Brown Bunny is that it's uh, you know, you if you, if you guys listen to the show. You know that I really like ambient films and I like grief horror, and and this is that it's a stretch to call Brown Bunny grief horror, but it's kind of a ghost story. It's definitely right. a grief story. Um, the edited version, you know, people are like, "Oh, Roger Ebert hated it." He, he said, "No, he really okay. hated the unedited version that was like four hours long." Yeah, the rough cut, can the rough yeah. cut, yeah, and. And he said afterwards, after he saw the edit, he was like, "No, this this is good." Yeah. And and my least favorite part of the movie is is the fellatio because I just thought it didn't need to be done in that way. Right. 
I'm, I know there's reasons that it was done, and I just think it's nefarious. There's two ways I go with that, though. I get one, it's highly believed because Vincent Gallo, still to this day, probably Vincent Gallo and Harmony Corinne have always had like serious beef with each other. I'm so saying that that was, sort that. I'll let you finish. My apologies. Oh no, I'm just saying that. So Chloe Sevigny was Harmony Corinne's longtime girlfriend, so it was rumored he cast her in that movie just to be like, "Hey, I, my arch nemesis's girlfriend gave me a blowjob." But then also... Which I think is a really shitty thing to do. Exactly. But then on the flip side, the blowjob scene, to me, it's also like... There's unresolved issues. Because she was... It's sad that... Spoiler alert. One, two, three. She... It turns out his wife died and he's visited by her ghost. Now, it's sad that she died, but you can still be mad at someone who, like... She put herself in... She was cheating on him before she died. So there's that... And it turns out she was carrying a baby. So there's all these things that, like, you're sad, but you're mad. Oh, wait, my wife was cheating on me with a bunch of dudes, and then she died, and we lost our child. So, like, when you get mad at someone, it's just like, man, suck my dick. And that's kind of what, like, you want to make... It's not making peace. It's like, I still want, I have unresolved issues, so I'm mad at you, so, hey, suck my dick. And that's kind of that. It's I understand, know. or, like, unresolved issues that turn into sex. It's just the that scene, I don't think... It just... Isn't well, and 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 and, and it, the way that he shot it. I mean, you could look at it in, in a number of different ways, but by the same token, it's you know you could, you could you know pantomime an oral sex scene. I mean, he clearly like has the like it's right there, like yeah. the camera's right there. Yeah. There's no denying what's going on in the scene. It's kind of exploitive, in a way. But it's also a little cur- sensuous too, when you the way it's you know, you know. Um, no. I haven't seen Brown Bunny. I mean, I haven't <laughs> seen the film since it came out, and I remember not connecting to it. Um, first it movie I saw at the Sunshine, by the way, R.I.P. Very first yeah, movie. Yeah, I ever saw. rest in yeah. peace, the Sunshine. But I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, no. Um, what? Brown There's Bunny was the first movie. Landmark I ever saw Sunshine. It's yeah. closed. Closed. On Houston Street. Yeah, yes. closed. Yeah. Boarded up all that stuff. Yeah, that's gone, and then Lincoln Plaza on 63rd and Broadway is gone, too. I know that was gone. Yeah, no, this closed, that closed a month before, and Landmark moved their main operation of cinemas now. It's on 57th and 12th. So they have a movie theater now on 57th and 12th. Yeah. I wouldn't, I'm not going to go there. That's yeah, no, I haven't been there. Yeah, no, it's so out of the way. But in terms of the good, sunshine... Good for Metrograph, good for every, any other downtown theater that people are... Anthology is still Good for still Anthology. Kicking. Well, and, and Film Forum's going to close in June but, or but May for a two-month rent. They're closing to make a reno. It's yeah, they're great. adding another screen. They're adding another screen. It's a good no, it's, it's 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 a full, it's a sign. And it's, a, and it's a full renovation. It's a $6 million I mean, it's, renovation. It's about time. It's a great theater. Those seats are not comfortable for big people. No, no, and, and then to have theater. you know like bars like this and bigger, front, bigger than that in front of your sight lines. It's it's really, you know, it's, I, it's I'm super excited because Metrograph has a had they finally have made a new copy of Bill Gunn's movie mm-hmm. they, from the eighty from nineteen eighty was it Yeah, and they're showing that, so I'm gonna watch that at the end of the month. I'm very excited because I've yeah. been wanting to see it. Oh yeah. It's one of those things where, like, I know I'm going to like it. Though sometimes that happens, I get excited, and then I think I'm going to like something, and that's not the case. I'm not going to name the film that did that uh, on air. 
But man, I was pissed. <laughs> and the right. quad too. You can't. The quad reopened, and it's a great spot. Still never been there. Oh, it's excellent. Yeah, it's excellent. I'm. It's. I may even prefer it to uh, Metrograph, just because of the seats. The mm-hmm. seats at the quad are just. They're comfortable. Oh, well, that's a yeah. that, well, that's a selling point for me. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, no. I mean, we're all girthy fellas. <clears throat> yeah. So you need you need like Plus, some comfort. Yeah. What are you what what movies have you been feeling lately? New films. What's new that you like, Rob? <laughs> what What's new that I like? Um, well, I mean, I've been on a Phantom Thread kick since it came out. So, but we're not gonna get into that. Um. No, I really, I, um... Have you seen The Carter? The Carter? Yeah, it's, no. a, it's a documentary about Lil Wayne making The Carter, doc, Carter no, 3. No, 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 I'll have to check I that out, I think it's out, very though. similar to Phantom Thread. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned this before. Yeah. yeah, I think you should check it out. No, I will. Okay. I will, absolutely. Um, it's really good. Uh, newer movies that I've, that I've dug hard on, I mean, that and Good Time... Which I know that you like. Yeah. Marcus liked. I like. I, like I don't movies think that you've are very seen it though. Yeah. Yeah. So, we. Um, yeah. Um, what else have you been uh, liking? What else have I been liking? Um, I saw Fantastic Woman, which I which I oh, enjoyed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, we were having this conversation about the square before, which I need to finish. I haven't. I haven't. Yeah, but that tells it. that tells you about that movie. Like it's like. Did you see it? I tried. To, I tried to. Damn you! T- okay. Okay. It's. I got look, about forty five minutes into it, and then I was, you know, oh, Last Men in Aleppo, mm-hmm. blew my mind. Oh yeah, I bet that's good. You yeah. going back to the score? You saying this? This is this is a point that years ago, driving to Toronto with my friends, uh, former zebras. Uh, Guests, multi-time guests, Chris Funderburg and John Cribbs. Chris Funderburg brought up a great point that I always like to say. It's like these like movies that are like two hours and twenty something minutes. That's such a dumb time. Like movies should be either like eighty something minutes or like well over three hours or four hours. So like when you you saying this, it's like the square because literally the square gets great after like the forty something minute mark. So for me, that's just like this shit could have been cut down in half. The Square really can be an eighty-something minute movie, and I wish it was. And then I think I think it would have been even. That, that I think it, an eighty-minute version of The Square would have been in my top ten easily of of last year, but a little too long. But it's great. Like I said in the car before we got here, it has such great cringe-worthy, uncomfortable moments, and that's why I like it. So, yeah. But what else? Um, I I I don't know. I I really I feel like I haven't been to. To the movies in a while. Same kind of. I mean, I I'm 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 behind on Black Panther. I feel mm-hmm. like you know, uh, but 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 by the same token, I'm also, I, as much as I think that movies are a communal experience, I want to wait for the community to die down a little bit on Black Panther before yeah. I yeah, go yeah. in. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I haven't been to the movies in a while. No, we so haven't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We used to go together. Yeah. All the time. I think though with Metro, so there's some things coming up that we'll be we'll be going to the movies. Uh, well, yeah, to no, see well, some things. Yeah. Well, like I was telling you, like the Quad is doing the the Pacino retrospective, yeah. so which I know. haven't been to, so that's a so, and it's no, good. It's, it's a good, like 
to show two Michael Mann movies that I love very much. One a little more than the other, but still, The Insider and Heat. Um, well, you love Heat a little bit more than The Insider? Heat's one of my all-time favorite well, no, movies, right. no I questions mean, asked. I mean, The Insider, that's a good... Insider, I like, that, Insider I might like more than Heat. Yeah. I like The Insider, dude. I, even, I just it's, love the... Oh, yeah. man, it's got good pace, it's got good, good music, acting, good the tone, music good vibe. is great, the darkness it's used... The, the scene where mm. where Russell Crowe is like visioning seeing his two daughters, that whole scene, you know, get on the phone. Like that, that that's a great well that song by Lisa Gerard, she's a very talented artist. But that that back to back, that heat insider, that was like Michael Mann was already a great director at that point, but that was like, oh, he found his style. It was a little late in the game, and that's not to say he wasn't great prior, but that Michael Mann style we know it was solidified. It was like it was solidified in heat, and the inside was just a follow up. Like, nope, this is what I'm going to be doing from now on. Right. And he hasn't. He hasn't disappointed me. Uh, others maybe, but he hasn't disappointed me since. I um one of and and I know you're going to agree with me on this. One of my favorite performances in the Insider is Christopher Plummer, and that scene Mike? with Mike. 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 <laughs> Try yeah. Mr. Wallace. That's yeah. a great. No, that's a great I mean, moment. Speaking of Wallace's... You corporate lackey. Speaking I love of Wallace's, Great um, rest in peace, Christopher Wallace. Yes, yes. Passed away March 9th. Yes, he did. Uh, happy birthday, uh, M. Toomey. Yes. His birthday yep, happy today. birthday, happy birthday. His, But when this episode comes out, it'll be, it'll be belated. So happy belated birthday, beloved. Yes. Beloved. Bless, King. You set me up for that. <laughs> you know, Loaded, Lux, Loaded, that. Loaded Lux is not the only person who says beloved. Beloved is a term of endearment. No, of course, been... but he, you know, he made it, you know, he made it pop popular. I, I will say, he definitely made it popular. I still use it. No, just, yeah, sure. I'm not going to stop calling people beloved. Yeah. I just don't do it that much. Have you seen the meme, after that battle came out, there was a meme... Of the beloved poster, but Love Lux's <laughs> face was cropped on Oprah Winfrey's body. Oh my said God. It was great, but yeah, anyway. Oh, did you see Wrinkle in Time? No, uh, like I said, we just, we, that was the plan, but I ended up seeing Thoroughbreds instead. Okay. Which I feel like the people behind Thoroughbreds would appreciate anyone to open the same week as Wrinkle in Time. It's like, shit. And it's already not like a big movie anyway, so it's like, ugh. Yeah, and as far as your thing about, so like Black Panther and the thing surrounding it, is that... You know, we watched Black Panther together, mm-hmm. Marcus and I, mm-hmm. and we reviewed it already. We thought it was great. Right. And it does seem that the sort of zeitgeist surrounding it is not allowing people to enjoy it as just a movie. That it, that it's either like this life-changing event or this life-changing thought and that this is the way that things need to be and, and all of a sudden uncritiquable makes me be like oh, you know maybe you should take a break so you can just try to enjoy black panther as a movie and not yeah. just as like this a new site, religion the new religion and the thing about you know we were talking earlier about god is like god is great religion is not always great mm-hmm. right and and religion when you when you don't question things when you don't say like oh wait this film had kind of a fucked up view of African Americans. Wait, like, was the bad guy really the bad guy? Like, wait, couldn't he have pre- prevented? Oh, I was about to start saying some shit, and you haven't seen the movie. So. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Um, you know, disclaimer for me, or not even so much. I, you know, I'm not um, a superhero moviegoer, so like, I don't run to see. You know, every Marvel movie that came out. Bro, we fat. We don't run anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, but, I run now, but go ahead. Run these streets. Yeah. 
You know the crunches I do? Nasty crunches. <laughs> so I... Um... That joke is for you, Doug. Because <laughs> we know you're listening. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I've, I've never been one to run to the Marvel movies. I did see Guardians of the Galaxy when it opened, and... That was fun. And it was fun. It was well, great. Well, the music and thing, I, met, I picture you liking that a lot. Well, yeah, the, the music the, the totally works for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, but so I, I, um, I mean, I remember, you know, as a young, as a young kid seeing Batman and all those films and the movies, yeah. but in the last, you know, 10 or 15 years, I don't run to the superhero movies. However, I had all intentions on going to see Black Panther because I was a big fan of Ryan Coogler's first two films yes it's three for three right now and 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 in a way I, i'm trying to keep that mindset of going in coogler's a you know very talented director this is his third film no yeah. matter what his third film w- was gonna be i would have gone to see it because yeah. i loved creed and 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 fruitvale station so much mm-hmm. so you know he's someone who's definitely got you know a good eye. I hope he, you know, continues to make, you know, solid films. Yeah. I hope he doesn't, I hope he doesn't, you know, hope film number four isn't this, you know, big, massive. It's not. You know, oh, well then there you go. The I next hope- film, the next two, the one he's doing next is a more toned down with Michael B. Jordan again about this, uh, there was uh, something about, there was a cheating scandal in the uh, Atlanta school system where this teacher was trying to help his students. Enough said. And then the next movie after that, they want to make a movie, it's about this African king. <clears throat> so he's got, he's already got things well, mapped all right, out so, already. But, so, <coughs> so he'll have the money to play with for that fifth exactly, film. Exactly. Which is great, and yeah. it's the right way to do it. It's just, I don't want to see him doing Black Panther 2, 3, 4, and 5. Well, no, he is doing I- Black Panther 2, but... That's not going to be for a while, so he has time to do these because, fourth and fifth right. movies. Because then. of these gigantic tentpole pictures, and they won't exceed three movies a year per their universe, there's only certain... Like, they've just released their releasing schedule up until 2022. Which is wow. crazy. Which is crazy. And also revealed one really cool thing, was that there's going to be a live-action remake of Mulan. If you know anything about me, I'm a campy motherfucker. I love Disney movies. And so far, all the live-action Disney movies that they've made that were remakes of the cartoons, which is Jungle Book and Beauty and the Beast, were dope. I saw them with my mom, and my mom and I are going to see Lion King when it comes out this summer. And my mom and I are going to see Aladdin when it comes out next year. Did you see Coco? Me, bro. I haven't seen Coco yet. Oh, uh, watch Coco. Well, here's the thing. I'm a grown man. I don't go to children's movies yeah. by myself. Yeah. Well, it's on video. I mean, you can see uh, it now. Well, I, 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 I will see it. Uh, you know, Get Out, not Get Out, Inside Out, is legitimately one of my favorite movies of the past ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, one because it's beautiful. Two, it's because of mental health, and and you know, it does what a lot of American films don't do, which is like give people their own agency to think about their upset feelings. Right. Yeah. Which I think is the biggest issue of a lot of American film. In this moment, I think. I know you're, you have like, you're also, you know a lot about films and shit. Um, and, <laughs> and shit. Well, and shit. I know a lot about shit. You're a big dude. Huh? <laughs> yeah, no, right. Um, so, yeah, so I just, I know you're like, a, you're also like a Martin Scorsese sort of dude. Yes, but Marcus should give the Martin the the Cotto Scorsese fan disclaimer. 
What, 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 well, what that it's just not about you know. The oh Paisan yeah, well movies. that's why exactly. Yeah, it's like so. Yeah, there's there are these, and I don't think they'll ever go away. There's these group of people who, when they they just associate Martin Scorsese with mob movies, and when you really break it down, he's made like there's Goodfellas, you know what I mean? There's Mean Streets, Casino has elements of mob stuff, Raging Bull has some, t- you know, but for the most part, it's like how many de- we're getting on like six decades of, of filmmaking we're we're approaching, and it's just like you know two and a half movies really of of mob it's kind of like you don't it, you don't really watch Scorsese movies do do you you know so rob's one basically runs the gambit like from who's that knocking at my door to hugo to to everything like he knows and watches everything like a true scorsese fan not just like hey de niro whacked that guy and said cocksucker like those are the kind of scorsese <laughs> fans i can't i really can't stand well, i really can't stand you, you if you're listening if you remember our first episode yeah of the show mm-hmm. we were yeah, like look Look, we're not really going to be talking about Scorsese's and Mitten Marinos yeah. and people like that. And we still, because my point is, is that there, those are people. There's a lot of podcasts. You've been on podcasts talking about them. There's a lot of podcasts that give these people shine. Our goal is to have people who be like, who might like Tarkovsky, might like you know, Van Dam, Van Dam, might like Boonwell, and. We can all enjoy our shit. We we like we take movies on every level. Like, right. I well, that's the way you're supposed so, to take movies though on every level, and I feel a lot of people don't do that. There's... So our 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 reticence to talk about Scorsese is because they're the ones that that people don't want to talk about. But because it's nice to have you on the show, I would really like to talk about New York stories. Oh well, that's yeah. a that's a good one. Well. Do you want? Do, get... you want to, do we want to talk about all three New York stories, or do we just want I to talk about? I would rather about... not. Okay, yeah. all right. Because oh well, no, <laughs> no. So let's give let's give a for for the listeners who don't oh, know, oh oh I'm slow. for the listeners who don't know, New York Stories is a triptych film made in 1989. Nine. Yeah, nine, um, and it was a triptych. So there were three like 45 minute films, one directed by Martin Scorsese, one. Directed by Woody Allen and one directed by Sofia Coppola. No, Francis, no, Francis Coppola. Coppola. Sophia Coppola. Coppola. That movie was totally directed by Sofia. You Coppola. know what? I'm gonna defer to that. She did write it with him, and, and that shit. I say that that's her first movie. Yeah. No. You know what? I'll give you that. And I'm a huge Coppola fan. I, I've told this story on the show more than once, um, but maybe you haven't heard it, so I'm gonna tell it. Hmm. Uh, so one day I'm walking out of B and H photos. Yeah, and there, there's uh, Francis Ford Coppola standing out there with some. He just bought some digital cameras, and I was like, "Excuse me, uh, are you Francis Ford Coppola?" He's like, "Yes." I was like, "I just want you to know that Rumblefish is my favorite film I've ever seen," <laughs> and and he the look he gave me of just like wonderment and thanks, because you know there's four other movies usually yes. on a list yeah. that, that people say are his favorite movies. Like, like four easy, then there's like some, you know, I doubt people are like, The Rainmaker, or, you know, Twixt. Are... <laughs> right, or Tetro. Yeah. Vincent Gallo. Which is a movie that I've grown to like now. No, it's, I always but, like, or like it's good. you know, it's usually, obviously, Godfather, Godfather 2, The Conversation. Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now. Yeah. I like those movies. Yeah. Rumblefish, for a long time, was my favorite movie. Now it's like my number two, number three. But, yeah, so there's It's three... a good pick. 
I love it. Yeah, Thank no, you. I do too. It's a great, it's a great movie. It was. It was also like when Mickey Rourke was really on his bullshit. Yes, that's a positive thing. Like yes. when he was on his bullshit, he was such a talented. I mean, yeah. he's still a talented actor, but he's but he lost a piece of himself. Yeah, no, it, it ends at Mickey Rourke. It ends at Wild Orchid. Like, you don't count Wild Orchid, but that's the, like the movie like that begins. The the downfall. The downfall kind of. Of, I, I think Bullet and, Bullet was his last brilliant performance. Not what well, we're about the wrestler though. You mean before the comeback? Before the comeback. Before you the comeback. Okay. Go, tying it back. You don't think his scene in Buffalo '66 is really great? Very intimidating, but oh, quiet uh, and like you know. Wait a minute. And, very bad things are gonna happen. And to the excuser and the excused maker's family. Yeah, you know. Uh, and his scene stealing performance. In Sean Penn's The Pledge. Oh, oh The Pledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Damn. mean, yeah. that one moment. I mean, you knew or... that there was an actor really looking for like a great role. Yeah. Or if when you watch he, that scene in The Pledge. Or when he, uh, didn't, he, didn't he play a trans person in prison? In a movie? Animal Ed, Factory. Animal Factory, Factory with Fucking Edward Furlong. Willem Dafoe. Willem John Dafoe Hurd, and, rest and, in and, peace. Um, was Tom Arnold in yes, there? Yes, he was. He... he... <laughs> He put his finger in Edward Furlong's butt, his middle finger. What's funny is I think this is the second time we've talked about yes, it is. Factory yes. Directed yes. by Buscemi. Yes. Directed yes. by Steve Buscemi. I put... Written by Edward Bunker. Yeah. Um, Who was Tree... the character that John Voight was based on in Heat. Tree's Lounge, I think, is a little better than, than Animal Factory. <laughs> a little? <laughs> no, it's much. But anyways, you know, this is, this is why I like the podcast. Because if someone catches on, they're like, oh, I'm going to watch one of these movies. And... Then they know that they're not, they're not, we're not setting you up like, this movie is going to be as good as Goodfellas. Yeah. What we're saying is, you might like this movie, and if you allow yourself to just like something outside of the world of anything other than your own experience, you might be like, wait, I like this movie so much, I like this movie more than Goodfellas. And Goodfellas is a good movie, I'm not going to go here and be like, Goodfellas is bad. There are a lot of popular movies that people like that I think are bad. I think everyone here feels that way. Yes. Definitely. Oh, I New did, York stories. No, no, no. Before we get there, I I like to always add on, tack on to your Francis Ford Coppola story when I like to say the story how a member from a rap group that I'm very oh, fond yes. of <laughs> was at Heathrow Airport and took a picture with someone and was just like, "Look who we ran into at the airport, Francis Ford Coppola," and this is this random guy, but it's not Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> And all the comments on the Facebook, like, that's not Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, that's not Francis Ford Coppola. Like, that's just some guy. It's very funny. Yeah. He looked more like, he looked like Danny DeVito with a beard. Like, it's not Francis Ford Coppola. But, yeah. You know, I, we'll talk about Coppola just for another moment because I'm really, I don't think that, the, aside from those four movies, you're right. People don't talk about Coppola. I mean, The Outsiders yeah. is a really good movie, too, yeah. and Rumblefish is is even better. Here, here's what it's, I think pe- people need need to look is the fact that those four movies, he did those four movies, he's like, oh. And the fact that he wrote Patton, it's like, oh, well, I'm etched in stone. I'm solidified. I want to just do random shit now. And that's why I respect, even movies I don't like of his, I respect. I've also grown to like Twix a little more the older I get. But um, it's kind of like, who else can say... They have these classics like in, like like Godfather, Godfather Two, Conversation, Apocalypse Now. You wrote Patton. You have these like you're associated with these five great movies. So from now up to this very day, like let me just experiment. 
And experiment is a vague term. That doesn't mean you have to make like a Stan Brackage, you know, Hollis Frampton style movie. Just let me make fucking Jack. Let me make, you know, Twixt. Let me make, uh, what else did he do? I'm, I'm kind of, just all kinds of random well, shit. Well, you, know, you know, and it's also, you know, we, we talk about independent filmmakers. And in a way, he's the quintessential independent I filmmaker. I mean, this part of American Zotrope is like independent filmmaker. Well, I mean, yeah. and it was then. I mean, he only took The Godfather to, because they were in the red. You know, he only took that as, as an assignment. Mm-hmm. And... You know, and of course, went through so many trials and tribulations through the making of that film. You know that have now become you know part of Hollywood folklore. But I mean, it was really just to pay the bills to fund something like the conversation to fund John Milius's original script of Apocalypse Now because that had existed, you know, long before. You know they even you know before they even worked on. The Godfather. Yeah, yeah, but wasn't he? Wasn't even that something else at first? It was like Heart of Darkness or something. Well, right. They were gonna go and do Heart of Darkness, and they wanted to go and do it in Vietnam, <laughs> like, like in the middle of the war, and mm. go over there with sixteen millimeter cameras, and then just try to make this film. And you know, it's a wild story uh, behind you know behind that whole thing. But so, I mean, but then he goes and he makes Apocalypse Now with his own money. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then it you know skyrocketed out of budget, and everybody yeah. thought that it was going to ruin them, and nobody thought it was going to be the movie after. Yeah, that one for the heart that completely ruined him. Yeah, you know, and now he, you know, he, you know, there's a great Howard Stern interview with Coppola. Yeah. Oh, just it was Raul Julia's birthday yesterday, so oh, rest speaking in of one peace. For, run from the heart, but yeah, the Howard Stern interview. Yeah, you think they'll ask about Raul Julia videoology on Tuesday night? Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. But go ahead. Um. But yeah, no, no, I mean, you know, Coppola is, you know, no, the, the real Stern, deal. I want to know what he said on Howard Stern. Oh, no, no, it's just a, it's just, it's a, it's a career-spanning interview, but yeah. the one thing he talks about on Howard Stern is, is how, you know, he was fortunate enough to, you know, do this wine thing, and this wine thing makes, you know, his wine business makes yeah. all the, makes all the money, yeah. you know, and he just basically lives off Godfather royalties, and then pulls money from you know the wine company to make these small eight eight ten million dollar which he films. which he loves there's a so for years chris funderberg was telling me to listen to the commentary track uh for rushmore because there's a scene where they're in um a restaurant and um so wes anderson screened um rushmore a private screening of rushmore right. for francis ford coppola and you know um they they have a lot of connections, James Collins and Bottle Rocket. So anyway, Schwartzman. Yeah, Schwartzman. Yeah, his oh, his fucking his nephew, his fucking nephew. So anyway, <laughs> they screen Rushmore for Francis Ford Coppola, and imagine you're Wes Anderson. Oh shit, I'm I'm getting a chance to screen my sophomore feature for Francis Ford Coppola. The lights come up and everything, and the only thing Francis Ford Coppola has to say is he's pissed off that why didn't you have my wine in the background of that scene when they're in the restaurant? Like that's all he goes on and on about, <laughs> and he's really pissed off. Like why don't you have my wine? Why don't you have Coppola wine? I would have given you some wine. Like why don't you? And it's like. Can you imagine, like, that kind of says how he, what he is as a person, who I'm fascinated by because his son's feature film debut, CQ. is good. <clears throat> but CQ Ger- is yes. good. Yes. Gerard- it's kind of about... That's what I'm saying. Gerard Depardieu's character is based on Francis Ford Coppola, and Gerard Depardieu has quite the anger management issues in that movie, so just always, like, what is Francis Ford Coppola like? You get these little nuggets of what he's really like. So. Oh, and, um... And I get his son would know. His son worked on his uh, movies a lot. With Bradley him, so. Cornish is gonna, wants us on the show 
to talk about New Rose Hotel and Miss Forty Five. Oh well, yeah. Say no more. I'm. I'm, I'm he was there. Like, he was like, he was like Miss Forty Five, and I was like, no, we're also gonna do New Rose Hotel because I bet you haven't seen it and it's great. Yeah. Let's see how mm-hmm. let's see how long we can talk about those movies. But <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm down. Miss Forty Five is gonna be playing at uh, the Roxy in Try in oh, Tribeca. Wow. Oh, nice. Oh, will you alert us to that? Maybe we can all have a date. Yes. I think it's coming up like this week. I will let you know that. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Maybe I've never seen a movie with you. Maybe we could. Yeah, no, fun. we should do that. That'd I laugh. Incredible. I laugh a lot. At at random stuff though, <laughs> it makes other people laugh. I try to, you know, I'm 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 the fourth part. Fair enough. All right, so look, dude, New York stories. Yeah. So there's three stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, the Sofia Coppola's one is about like throwing a birthday party. The Woody Allen one is like the dude's mother. Like isn't that yeah? It goes into the sky or something. But tell me about the first one, the Nick Nolte one. Uh, the Nick Nolte one. Um, it's called Life Lessons. It's the first film in the three of you know what'd you call it? The triple. It's a triptych. The triptych. It's the first. It's the first uh, short short film in the triptych, uh, directed by Marty, uh, written by the legendary Richard Price, who. Yeah. Yeah, you know, great writer, uh, but it's the story of a painter and his assistant, and and funnily enough, that painter was like a real painter who mm-hmm. who was who was on the who was on the vanguard of things as this movie came out, and it kind of ruined his life a little bit. But maybe you know more. About I didn't that. know that actually. What was tell his, me more. What, what was well, in the, in the film, his name is Lionel Doby, <clears throat> but that's not the name of. The, but I don't know. I didn't know that story the about the painter. I forget. So you talk a little. Well, so it's basically about um, you know the, the the this somewhat love story between a painter and his assistant, but his assistant is deciding to to leave him, and he's also in the middle of trying to prepare for his um, upcoming exhibition, which he has no new work to show. And it's really just about the creative process and the neediness of this 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 artist. And uh, Steve Buscemi's in it. Too. And Steve Buscemi plays the um, the young comedian that uh, Lionel Doby's young assistant, who's played by Rosanna Arquette. Um, is just coming back from a long um adulterous weekend, I guess. Mm. Um there's some really interesting, you know, moments in the in, 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 in the film. I always the first thing I always think of when I think of the film is just the music. As with most Scorsese films, but the music in particular, um Wider Shade of Pale by Procol Harum, you know, is really prominent in the film, but also a few other key songs like uh Conquistador by Procol Harum and Bob Dylan in the band's version of Like a Rolling Stone blasts through the film while uh How are you Dobie... able to remember all this? Well, because I've been obsessed with the with, see when it went I'm just totally obsessed with every aspect of Scorsese's films. It's not just the superficial stories, it's everything that that you know that's a part of it. Yeah, you're, you're the music, music is. You're also a music guy, but I'm guy also too. a music guy. But I give a big nod to my love of music to Scorsese. I mean, if you look at you look at the soundtrack to Mean Streets alone, it's 
you know, I mean, the first few songs Obviously in that film. Obviously, you saw Phil Spector's interview where, where yes. he takes credit for Martin Scorsese's success. Yeah. But in, in a way, and on how that Marty didn't ask permission he, to use the song. But he did in a way. No, you know? he totally did. You have to. He would have never gotten away with it otherwise. No. And maybe he didn't ask him personally. But at that point, I mean, it's 1973. I mean, Scorsese had no real clout to be like, hey, Mr. Spector, can I use, you know, you know, can I use this song in my little movie, please? Yeah. You know, yeah, you don't know who I, you know, but. But no, so I mean, a lot of my. A lot of a lot of the things that that I do hold near and dear to me have kind of spiraled out from you know just witnessing these films you know so but it's been great because I've also gotten such an education on so many other you know different things especially the music um so yeah no I don't know if I I mean do you have anything to add Scott about life lessons and about I mean yeah, I was yeah. trying to. The, I, there was an, the artist who painted Nick Nolte's paintings in that movie has a really interesting story, but for some reason I'm not remembering his name, so I'm feel like shit. because oh. I, I wanted to bring it. Um, Peter Gabriel's got some crazy cameo in Life Lessons as well. It also so there's there's a there's a really great um, remix. Do you know the band Zero Seven? No. They had a song called uh, Somersault. Mm-hmm. And there's a remix by Danger Mouse that came out in mm-hmm. the year 2000s with um, with a verse by MF Doom. Mm-hmm. And it's basically, he, he tells of this story about a gymnast trainer training the gymnast and them falling in love and the love being compared to the moves and the, and it's, you know the uncomfortable power dynamic between teacher and student right and trust me i'm getting there yeah yeah no no no, no. i know where you're going yeah and so that comes with that maybe that maybe we'll end the show with that song i was going to suggest the rock marciano song that actually samples uh that uh that move that segment from new york stories but whatever we'll figure it out okay and well, it ties into the song too just like kind of you're saying that's interesting I, yeah. I didn't even know that you ever heard that song? No. Oh, dude, it's fucking good. Okay. And so, basically, so New York Stories, it's sort of like this sort of thing where, where do you want like the assistant and him, and is there love, and what's going on, and is <clears throat> is she taking advantage of him? Is he taking advantage of her? What's going on? And it was like it was just like, it was like an addendum to After Hours. Right. You know, I there's, I. I think Morris Scorsese is a very gifted filmmaker and he was sort of missing in showing the New York of the 80s. So having him show the New York of the 80s in these ways was just really amazing to me. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I love After Hours for that reason in particular. That it's the one, it's, it's one of his few films that takes place in the time in which it came out. Because you think yeah, a lot of his yeah, films are... Yeah. Are very period pieces. I yeah. mean, even bringing out the dead is technically a period piece because it sure. takes place, you know, in the early '90s as opposed to 1999 when when it came out. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I. Uh, 
you know, life lessons is a is a is a quick, you know, forty minutes, and it really, you know, it was a nice exercise for for him and for Price, and it was also a reprieve for him as well after just going through the backlash of the Last Temptation of Christ, where he was basically, you know, a wanted, you know, man who you know lived with bodyguards and received death threats. And, That's crazy. You know, people, oh, right. bur- people people burned down movie theaters that it was being shown in, and like people got hurt in France. Wow! Like they threw. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, it was it was not a it was not a good time, you know, for him. And then the whole universal <clears throat> backlash of it, where the, you know, where the you know where the Catholics, you know, basically decided to like boycott the VHS release of E.T. if they continued to. To you know, Jesus. show the film. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, now, here's, literally, here's here's the question: Did they see the movie? No, that's it, and that's the other thing. They did yeah. not see the movie. You know, and it's one of those movies that it reminds me of when Kevin Smith uh, joined the oh, Catholic. I hope, pro- I hope he's getting better. <clears throat> yeah. There yes. <clears throat> there was a great. He actually got interviewed. Kevin Smith <clears throat> and some of his friends joined. Some protesters and they were protesting dogma. <laughs> Nobody right. knew it was him. But then he got interviewed by like some local New Jersey like yeah by Channel Twelve New, yeah. New Jersey News yeah and no, nobody it's... still knew it was him and he was just like you know we just want to kind of you know put an end to this like slander of crap like he was just totally acting it up. He was interviewed on the news protesting his own movie. It's very funny. Yeah, you know and 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 I remember when all that backlash happened about dogma mm-hmm. and quite truthfully the only offensive thing about dogma is the shit goblin yeah yeah you I know like the movie offensive. the movie i remember going to see it and and you know and i was i mean i was a a senior in catholic high school at this point and mm-hmm. you know i had had a complete catholic education up to this point and then you know i continued on to you know go to a Catholic university, but I was really hoping to see, as controversial as they made it out to be, I was really hoping to see something subversive, and I didn't. Yeah. And it was, you know, and the stuff between, the the Ben Affleck, Matt Damon stuff was good, you know? I still, I haven't watched that movie in a long time. I haven't either, but I remember, but I remember being like, there's a fucking shit goblin in this movie? Like, the hell? Yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought it was cute. I thought it was like not, I didn't think it was bad at all. Yeah. So, I really didn't. Or offensive. Right. No. You know, so... He's going to sneeze. <laughs> God Thank bless you. you. Thank you. <laughs> so, um... But yeah, no, Life Lessons has has some, uh... Has some really good moments in it. And, uh, yeah, Richard Price. You know, worked a lot with Richard Price during that period. Between that and The Color of Money was going to make clockers. Oh. Yeah, Color of Money. God, I love Color of Money. And I do that's, often. That's think, a good movie. It's a very good movie, and I also Clockers Spike Lee's Clockers is is one of my on a, on a long list. It's one of my favorite movies, but I do sometimes wonder what Scorsese's Clockers with De Niro instead of Keitel would have been like all of that stuff. I I, I do wonder what that would have. But it does. I think it would have been. There. I think it would have been more focused on Rocco Klein as opposed to to Strike. Like, yeah. and I definitely yeah. think that's where. You know that's that's where Spike pulls the writing credit, and that's you know that whole yeah. direction of it. He I was love still that a producer, film. right? 
Scorsese, yeah, yeah, he had, yeah, he was, yeah, he, no, he was still, he was still a producer of sure. that. No, I love that movie. That might be, that might be top five. Spike, it could be, yeah. I mean, what? I mean, do the right we're, thing. We're all I big. I, are you a big Scott yeah. um, Spike Lee fan, Scott? Yeah. I mean, do the right thing for me. Like Jungle Fever, she's got to have it. Clocker, yeah, bamboo, yeah. See, I've I have a weird Spike Lee top five anyway. So, that's some well, obvious. Well, and then, bamboozled, like, bamboozled is a great film. No, it ban- for me, it's bamboozled. She's got to have it. Do the right thing. Um, see, I do love Mo Better Blues also very very much. Oh, Mo Better Blues. Oh, and fucking Malcolm X. I, I was Mo Better Blues and um, the 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 25th man 25th hour no not the 25th hour inside man inside, inside man, man. Yeah. oh really yeah, oh. i really like that movie it's a good heist film new york has got some shit i like it but one thing that all this is such a dumb nitpicky thing but i'm always annoyed that willem dafoe is just there like huh. he's not built like nothing he's just like a guy in that movie i'm like wait a minute he could have shared the set like jodie foster could, he's up there with everyone else clive owen like he could have got clive, clive oh, owen, right. you know i understand they had different roles in the movie but Willem Dafoe's in this shit from like start to finish, and like he doesn't get any kind of like not on the he, poster. Yeah, that always that that kind of bugged me a little bit. But it's I don't not even that think serious. he gets. I don't even think he gets like the the and credit. No, he doesn't. You know, he does not. I know. Or like with Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's bullshit. It's so weird. Yeah, I don't know what that. I don't know what that is. But that was a weird period for Willem Dafoe anyway. The mid. Well, he, him playing Jesus was really bad for him. He did all right after that, though. That was more nah, he, he did. He did quite well after Last Temptation of Christ. Yeah, I mean, I think the only, I think the only flack that any actor from that movie gets is Keitel as Judas. Yeah, and with that's the red cause, afro. Cause, yeah, because they the, make fun of me. Yeah, he gets, which is sad because that's the last time they've worked together, and I'm convinced that's still the last time they're gonna work together. <laughs> you know what? That movie wrapped the the Irishman. Yeah. That movie wrapped, and there's no pictures of Keitel. That have popped up anywhere. See, that's from an, being I don't know why that annoys. He doesn't need to be in it, but like he does at the same time. Yeah, no, 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 no. He he definitely needs to be in in, be. in that movie. I mean, we're talking about the Irishman for those who are listening. Uh, Scorsese's next movie, which is a Netflix fucking movie, which is weird. Yeah, that's which, very and, weird and, to and, me. And it's blown out of um, it budget. Took, it took me ten minutes. Chuck Connolly. Okay. Was, was the New York painter whose paintings were used for life lessons. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, and he's really dope. And there's actually a documentary about his, about him, called The Art of Failure that we should see. Okay. Nice. Okay. I'm yeah, on it. But because, because he, well, because he made, Connolly made unfavorable uh, comments about the movie. It kind of helped. He, that movie... Life lessons was gonna help him get over, mm-hmm. but then he started dissing the movie, like a lot of people that are afraid of of success do, mm-hmm. mm, yeah. and just screwed up everything. Yeah, that you happens. know what I mean. Oh, that's what caused that's what caused the Kyle McLaughlin David Lynch rift for a long time. He made Fire Walk with me, and in some interviews he was just kind of like he was in it. But if you notice, Kyle McLaughlin's not in it a lot. Then in you know a, a con interview he was just like. I don't really even know if making this movie is necessary, and David Lynch was kind of hurt by that comment, so they didn't. That was 92. 
for a very, very long time. And then Kyle MacLachlan showed up on the set of Inland Empire, and I guess they had made up during that time. But yeah, for that was his boy. That was his. That was his De Niro. So when they kind of had their rift, you know. You know, it's funny you mention that because there was something that I was gonna say. You love Dune. Is that what you were gonna say? <laughs> no. I one second. Go ahead. Give me a surprising film you like that that people might not know. A it's surprising film that I yeah, like. So, that... Yeah, like like if you were into Dune, that would be surprising. Maybe. Doctor Detroit. <laughs> okay, that's not surprising to me. Maybe no, to I know, but that's a, but it could be surprising to the audience. Yeah. I mean, you know, or my or my podcast audience that I've sure. you know gathered sure. up you know, in the last couple of months. Is there going to be a Cato cast at some point? I don't know. I don't know. I've been encouraged to do it, yeah. but I've also found that I'm still practicing. I'm still trying to work out my Take your time. my Practice. my my persona, and sometimes I feel like, and I said this on on the other show that I was on, but I feel like sometimes I could be like the Donald Trump film criticism, where I'm like, she's great, or he's overrated, or this sucks, and I and I'm not really That's getting that moment. Are, so no, I know, but I don't know. I have high expectations for myself. Yeah. So when yeah. I go back and I listen to the to the stuff, it's. You know, well, I could have said something more here. I could have said something less here, or yeah. I could have been less awkward sure. with this one on this show. You know, sure. Sure. so. And what's what's a deep cut that we need to check out? Tell me a deep cut a, movie you'd a, like me to see. A deep cut. Well, I handed you um, Night Moves at, yes. at Videoology. Did you ever watch that? I didn't because. Wait, which one? I know which no, one. No, I'm just Gene Hackman. I know which one. Yeah. <laughs> because my life was in was in a bad place, but I'm in a better place now. Well, I feel like that's a deep cut, and and, and and in a way, it's also starting to get a lot of attention. It was just recently reissued on an excellent Warner Archive Blu-ray, and it also wound up on Filmstruck. And I actually tweeted about it, and I wound up getting like my most interaction with other people on Twitter over it. So I'm a big fan of, of Night Moves. Mm -hmm. Gene Hackman, young Melanie the, Griffith. I'm a fan of the Kelly Reichardt Night Moves. Fair I just enough. like saying that. But the, no, the I Night mean, Move I, you're referencing is classic. I but. know you're you I know you're a big Sidney Lumet guy. Yeah. I, I really do like Gloria. You know what? I only saw that version of it once and I remember it being entertaining and and whatever and i have not seen it since and i've also not seen it since my cassavetti's obsession yeah. my dad my dad's a big cassavetti's guy the original glory is his favorite movie and i saw that movie with him it when it, it came on cable and i watched it i was like back home for vac for college vac vacation and he was like from start to finish he was just like so hard he's like what is this like what like every right. he was just critique and you know so, I gotta stay loyal to to Willard Penn. And yeah, no, well then, like that movie. well then, you know what? I'm I'll biased. stay loyal to Willard Penn too and dislike the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, gotta not, that's not fair to put on me. Not dead. <laughs> I, I have I have a dead dad too. I can you know make you be like he really liked. Oh, I'm a that had nothing to do. He with really you. liked Speed Racer. I would that's I would go back. That's in, impossible. I know he passed away saying. in 1998. Yeah. But, but you guys are going to guilt trip me. That was, like, that, no, that was no. not you. No, I'm talking... 
It's a cheap move, Cotto. No, well, all right. Well, no. I, I would I would be more than happy, though, to revisit it, though. I mean, I do love Lumet, I could, and I love Sharon Stone, and she was doing good work at that, peri- in that mean, period, too. So. To, to be real honest, the, one of the reasons I was hesitant to watch Buffalo 66 was, was I watched Buffalo 66 the day before my dad passed away. Oh, wow. Um, I had rented a bunch of movies. Yeah. I had rented that one. I had rented... Um, because it was it was it was the day before Thanksgiving. I had time off. I rented the I'll Never Tell movie, like just like a bunch of weird movies. What's the I'll Never what? Tell movie? It's with uh, Brittany Murphy. Oh, I thought that came out late. Oh wow, my time frame is all off. Unless I'm off, I don't know. Yeah, because I thought that came out. Because she was having a thing with Eminem. That was like after 8 Mile. Because they had an interview like, are you having an affair with Brittany Murphy? And he's like, I'll never tell. Like, <laughs> I don't know. But, but to make it, but I want to bring it back though. To, it's, to, a, it's, to, a, to, it's a hard, it's, yeah, it's hard for me to remember. It was a hard time in my life. Of course, of course. It's hard, well, hard for me to remember how, how time works. And yeah. according to, you know, a wrinkle in time, time is not linear. Well, to backtrack for a second, I did used to crack on my father a lot for liking Gloria and that being his favorite. Of all the great Cassavetes movies, that is a weird movie to be. I used to tell my dad because it's like to love John Cassavetes and his pay, his pay for which ended up getting Academy Award nominations and everything. But that was a thing about my dad. Like he loved Robert Altman, but Brewster McCloud was his favorite Robert Altman movie. I was like, that's dad, a good really? pick, though. But of I, it, it's weird to me. That, that's I think a that's a weird pick. That's though. a weird pick, and like. Werner Herzog, his favorite Werner Herzog movie was Invincible, the Tim Roth movie that nobody <laughs> fucked. Of all the great, amazing things that Werner Herzog did, you like the the strongman movie with I Tim gotta, Roth. I gotta so say, I, I would say that to, I would con my dad quite a bit. I gotta say, Popeye is not my favorite Robert Altman movie, but mm-hmm. I like it. Sure, I do too. Movie yeah. gets a bad rap. Yeah, it's like in my top four of of Robert Altman movies. Yeah. What would your other three be? I haven't There's thought that far. <laughs> well, lot. well, um. Oh. Shortcuts, mm-hmm. yeah, no. it's is, brilliant. Is like, yeah, that and shortcuts is like, that's all. I'm, that's all I'm given today. Shortcuts and Popeye. Cool. I I love McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Yeah, that's a good one. Only on the big screen though. Huh? Watching it at home, it's with the sound design. Unless you have seven point one around the house, and it's you know, it, it's a hard movie to to hear. But see, I've seen it in the theater a few times, and it works so much better on the big screen. Yeah. And in that that immersion. I, I really, I also really like she's so lovely. Well, I do too. I like she's so lovely more than his dad's Gloria. Hmm. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not mad at that at all. That's she's so lovely is is excellent. That's that's one of that's probably my favorite movie of that year, ninety seven. 97, John yeah. Penn won Best Actor. And then, it, again, any time an American film does well at Cannes, it, except for Pulp Fiction, maybe, it gets forgotten about by the American <laughs> awards. It's, it's an interesting trend. I remember being in, the video, in, in one of the video stores that I used to frequent as a young, as a young movie lover mm-hmm. when She So Lovely came out on VHS... And someone had put white labels across the cover and just left the title exposed and wrote on the white label, not recommended by anyone who has ever seen this film. 
And I thought that it, yeah. And I thought that it was the harshest piece of film criticism that I had ever seen because that's a really good movie. It's a great movie. I think that that Robin Wright has probably never been better. Same with Travolta. Travolta has never been better. I love the. I love the nod to a woman under the influence in that movie where oh, they definitely. drink the beer. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a fucking beer. Oh. Shut up and drink your beer. Yeah. You know, um, and I like that that's, that James Gandolfini has a Cassavetes connection. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, sure. and I, and I'm such a huge fan of Gandolfini yeah. and I would have been even if he wasn't on the Sopranos. Yeah. I think he would have been one of those. He was a great actor. Yeah, he was a great, great actor. Ran it. He used to go to the video store. Um, he seemed like a nice guy, that. too. Yeah. Which is, which is not the reason to like somebody, but he seemed like a nice guy. What video store? Uh, it was in Chelsea. Video to go, I believe. They closed a long time. But it was like Ethan Hawke used to go. It was like a celeb, Parker Posey. Huh. Well, I was there of, once. A lot of them lived in the Chelsea yeah. Hotel. I was there once, yes. I was there once when Parker Posey... I'm not gonna say through a fit, but debated, argued that she shouldn't have to pay late fees because she's in a lot of the movies that are in the store. And at one point, she was a she was an indie it girl. So why should she have to pay late That's fees? Really happened. Really happened. Really I ain't happened. even I ain't even mad at that. Yeah, I'm not mad at that either. Actually, that's a that's a funny celebrity story. Any any parting any parting views, Mr. Cotto, before we get out of here? Oh, this has been fun. Yeah, this has been fun freewheeling. I hope I hope to get invited back. Of course. And uh, where can people find you? Oh, I'm on Twitter at Rob Cotto at R O B C O T T O. And again, so now now you know you can follow me and Marcus. But what we'd really like you to do right now is to follow our Zebras Twitter account, which yes, is at Zebras Pod. And if you if anyone listening could stop follow back Fridaying me. I'd really appreciate it because notifications give me panic attacks. Use those follow back Fridays for our podcast Twitter. Yes. Thank you. Only tag me in stuff that I tweet about. Don't tag me in Planet of the Apes or Steven Spielberg stuff because I don't ever tweet about that shit. Yeah, just tweet him about Armin White shit. Again, a scary new setting A Mary Lou Retton, perfect 10 Was it worth it then? You would have made the click switch way back For a quick pitch in the haystack With a bad bitch like payback with interest Used to keep a nice cool trimless Flipped it for a high school gymnast She was sicker than the kickoff supersonic Sicker than the bubonic To think it was plutonic Wow, found a new playmate At this late stage in the game He couldn't get the name straight Told her it was all up in your calf muscles Showed her how to pull it off Ball, laugh, and tussle At one point she thought he was a lame cat With game for the rats A dog to claim the blame at He told her maybe it's your mama fault For giving you the shake-up Summy, summy, somersault Head over heels for being got dirtier than Red Rover's wheels.